You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. My name is Chine, and I'll be sharing the word with us for today. I almost said I'm here to share my God experience. <laughs> By the way, let's celebrate Dr. Sam for sharing his God experience with us. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. That was an amazing testimony of God coming through in a seemingly hopeless situation. I pray that God will come through for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's celebrate our online church, those that are worshiping with us online. Thank you so much. We love you. We appreciate you. And we're happy that you could join us. And thank you to everyone seated here today. I mean, you could have decided to sit at home and join the service online, but you're here in church. So thank you for coming to church. Tell your neighbor, thank you for coming to church. Amen. Life point, do we love our pastor, Busola? Let's celebrate our pastor, please. Thank you, Ma. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you, Pastor Dolly. <laughs> All right, let's go into the word. Shall we bow our heads as we pray? Um, I'd just like you to speak to God in your own words. You know, just talk to the Father. We're going to be sharing about faith. We started this whole conversation about faith a couple of weeks ago. And I would just like you to talk to God this morning. If you have a prayer language, go ahead and pray in the Spirit, you know, pray in tongues. What happens when we pray in tongues is that we're releasing ourselves to the Holy Spirit. You know, we are limited in the things that we can pray about. We're limited in our sight and in our understanding. But when we allow the Holy Spirit pray through us, you know, he's, he's God himself. He sees all things. He knows all things. He's not limited by anything. All right. So if you can, just go ahead and just pray in the Holy Spirit. And we're praying that the entrance of the word of God this morning will bring illumination in the name of Jesus. That the word of God will illuminate our hearts. That the word of God will illuminate our minds. That the Holy Spirit will take over and take control in the name of Jesus. That the Holy Spirit will take over and take control. That he would have his way in our midst. That his word will instruct us. His word will guide us. His word will lead us. His word will teach us in the name of Jesus. Jesus, that the Lord will open up the eyes of our heart in the name of Jesus, that all that we are going to hear today, that the Lord would use it to do a quick work in our lives. In Jesus' name, Holy Spirit of the living God, we welcome you again into our meeting and we ask that you would take over and that you would take control. Lord, I ask that my tongue will be like the pen of a ready writer, that you put your words in my mouth and that you will speak through me. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Life point, are we ready? Someone shout hallelujah. Okay, so two weeks ago, we started this whole journey of talking about greater faith, okay? And we looked at how we are expected to live by faith as believers and not by our own wisdom, not by our own capabilities, not by our own skills. And last week, we looked at how faith shapes the events of our lives and how faith requires us to walk and live according to the promises of God and not according to the circumstances that are around us, the things that we see. All right? So our topic for today is why faith fails. That's what we're, looking, we're going to discuss today, why faith fails. Ask your neighbor, has your faith failed you before? 
Just ask your neighbor, has your faith failed you before? Let me tell us in advance, I'm going to be doing a lot of talk to your neighbor, right? So that I'll be sure that we're communicating, right? So has your faith failed you before? Ask your neighbor and let's get the response. All right, so I have a couple of examples of circumstances where my faith has failed me before. Um, I was going to share an example of a story that somehow involves us now, but let's leave it. Eh? Let's not have that conversation today because, I mean, we know what the summary will be, right? But I'm going to share another story. It's something that happened a couple of years ago when I was much younger. Um, so I'm an Igbo girl, proudly. And <laughs> growing up, we had this thing at home where um, we used to go home every Christmas. We used to go to the village. Let me put it like that. Yeah, we used to go to the village every Christmas. So wherever you were, you would come back. You know, my dad would come back. All those that were not in the house, everyone would come back and then we'll go home, go to the village for Christmas. You know, after Christmas, New Year, eat your rice, see your cousins, go out, attend weddings, festivities, whatever, and then enter the car and come back to um, our family house is Nonicha. Then we'll go back to Nonicha. And usually what happens is that when we get home, you know, my mom, my mom is the chief disciplinarian of the house. She's going to read the code of conduct once we get to the village. Okay, now that we are here, all of you, this is where you should go. This is where you should not go. You know, you must not go to so-so-so and places without mommy or daddy going with you. And as she's saying it, all of us will say, okay, yes, ma, right. What we are going to do is in our hearts, right? Mm. So we'll just wait. When mommy and daddy goes, everybody, oh yeah. Just enter your corner and go to wherever you want to go to. But make sure that you come back to the house before mommy gets back, right? I'm a good child. I don't used to follow them to go. I used to stay at home, right? And they would go. Me, I would just stay in the house. Yeah. Then one day, one certain day, the day I decided to eventually go out. <sighs> Remembering the story now, it's okay. I'll continue. So my mom saw my elder sister somewhere. You know, and when she got back home, she lined all of us. I can never forget. She lined us up. She brought out the cane. And then she, she was asking my sister. She said, um, so she wasn't sure if it was just my sister that left the house or every one of us. And then she asked my sister. She was like, okay, tell me, who, left, who, did you, who went out with you? Did you go out alone? My sister, lock up. She's a strong girl. Meanwhile, I was already shaking. I don't like to be flogged. That's the truth. And then my mom, of course she knew that, and then she turned and she focused on me. And then she called me and she said, tell me the truth, I will not flog you. <sighs> I said, okay, wait now, you people be coming down, be coming down. It's my mommy. I trust mommy, I believe mommy. She said she would not flog me. And that's how I opened my mouth wide. And the confessions flew out of my mouth. And when I finished, I said, okay. She said, okay. I'm not going to flog you because you told me the truth, but I will flog you because you disobeyed my instruction. <laughs> Finally, all of us collected the cane. So, <laughs> that's my classic example of, of, of a moment where my faith failed me. Yeah, I just wanted us to, to as an aside, yes. But, I mean, Talking about faith and talking about how our faith, why faith fails, I'm sure a number of us here, we would have, ha we have examples, you know, of instances where we have hoped 
or believed. Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I'm sure that we've had examples of where we had believed for something, you know, and it seemed like it didn't fail. For something to fail, it means that it didn't get the desired result, right? We didn't get the desired outcome. So why can, what then can we make faith fail? What makes faith fail? Proverbs chapter 3, from verse 5 to 7. Multimedia, can you help me put in... Um, put up the New Living Translation, NLT. We're looking at what can make faith fail. And the number one thing that I want us to look at is lack of absolute surrender to God. Lack of absolute surrender to God. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 to 7. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek him in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Do not be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. We're saying that for our faith to work, our faith in God must be absolute, not half and half. You can't trust God halfway. The Bible says we should trust him with all of our hearts. It's not half and half. It's not when the going is good. It's not in certain circumstances or in certain things. We have to go all the way and trust God completely. And the example that we're going to be looking at, we're going to be discussing extensively the life of Jacob. I mean, we all know Jacob, Jacob's story from the Bible. Bible, how he started his own hustle, right? He started hustling from the womb. He cheated Esau out of his birthright. He deceives his father and collected um, Esau's blessings. And then how he got to Laban's house and he tried to, he tried to deceive Laban. But he did not know that Laban was his senior brother in the decep deception game, right? And eventually he ended up working 14 years instead of seven years for the woman that he wanted to marry. I mean, all through Jacob's life, we see all of his struggles. We see all of the things that Jacob did in the name of hustling, right? That's a common term in, in the world today. Just like we do a number of things in the name of hustling. Eh? Um, what, what do they call it? Um, Yahoo, Yahoo. All of those things that people do, all those Ponzi schemes, they will tell you that invest 1,000 Naira today, and in three hours, you're going to get 500,000 Naira. How? When the money is not falling from the sky, right? But still some people do that, all in the name of hustling, hustling. I want to make ends meet. I want to do that. I want to do this. We take shortcuts. You know, all of these things were things that Jacob did in his life, in his own ways, right? Deception, hustling, shortcuts, all the things that he was doing. Because he was used to receiving his blessings by deception. Jacob was used to getting his blessings by deception. But when he encountered God in Genesis chapter 32 from verse 22 to 30, can we read it please? Genesis chapter 32 from verse 22 to 30. Okay, thank you. During the night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two servants' wives, and his 11 sons, and crossed the Jabbok River with them. And after taking them to the other side, he sent over all his possessions. This left Jacob all alone in the camp, and a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. When the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of his socket. Then the man said, let me go, for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. What is your name? The man asked. He replied, Jacob. Your name will no longer be Jacob, the man told him. From now on, you will be called Israel, because you have fought with God and with men and have won. Praise the Lord. 
Amen. So in this place, we see that Jacob was used to receiving all of his, um, all of his blessings by deception. But in Genesis chapter 32, like we just read, he encountered God. It was after this encounter with God when he realized that he could no longer continue with the life of deception. He could no longer continue with the hustling, with all of the things that he was doing. And he had this encounter with God and he seized from his um, struggling. That was when he received, he entered into his rest. Of course, this encounter left him limping. And if necessary, God is going to take us through circumstances sometimes, through situations, through events, you know, that will crush us a bit, press us a little bit, just so we can draw closer to him, just so we can increase our vulnerability and our dependency on him. Remember, we're talking about absolute surrender to God as the bottom line for our faith to work. So for our faith to work, we we have to surrender absolutely to God. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Amen. So how then should we walk by faith? Jacob's life has shown us a classic example of what we should not do. We should not hustle. We should not take shortcuts. We should not live a life of deception. So what then should we do? How then should we walk by faith? We should allow faith to shape our actions and our choices. We should allow faith to shape our actions and our choices. Living everyday life in such a way that we apply faith to every situation. That should be the norm, not the exception. Living a life of faith should be the norm, not the exception. It should be our character, not occasional dips, you know, not things that we go into when the going is good or for uh, certain seasons, you know, we can have faith for our finances or we can have faith when we're looking for PR to Japa or we can have faith when it comes to certain issues, you know, but when it comes to other issues, for example, for relationship matters, you know, we push God aside and we say, no, God, I, I, I can do this by myself, you know, and we can, I can do it by myself. That's when we decide to help God. You know, that's when we roll out our plan B and plan Z and whatever. And just talking about this, uh, I'm reminded of the, the life of Abraham. Abraham, we all know Abraham. God gave him the promise in Genesis chapter 12 that he was going to make his descendants great. His descendants were going to be many and all of that. All of the promises that God gave him in Genesis chapter 12. And instead of holding on to those promises, he started to listen to his wife, Sarah. In Genesis chapter 16, he decided to listen to Sarah and he decided to help himself. Shebi, heaven help those that help themselves. Shebi. And then he listened to his wife and his wife gave him Hagar and Bah. Ishmael appeared, right? So avoid self-help. That's the bottom line of the conversation. Avoid help, self-help. Wait on the promise. Wait for the promise. Faith in God must be absolute. Complete dependency. No plan Bs. No plan Zs. No self-help. No heaven help those that help themselves. Trust God and trust God completely. Amen. Amen. So let's talk about faith-inspired actions, actions that we take, actions that are inspired by faith, and actions that are inspired by unbelief and doubt. Faith-inspired actions often lead to divine interruptions. You know, uh, um, classic example is the, the story about Abraham and Isaac. You know, after he had waited, you know, for the promise and eventually used his plan B, and God renewed the covenant with him and gave him Isaac, the same God came back and said to him, Abraham, or you carry your son, this Isaac that I have given to you, and go and go and sacrifice him to me, you know, on the mountain. And Abraham still believed God. 
he still trusted God. And he took a faith action, a faith-inspired action. And he took Isaac to the mountain. But then there was a divine interruption because it was God that sent him there. And God sent him the lamb that he used for the sacrifice. So faith-inspired actions often lead to divine interruption. Another example of that is as we see in Mark chapter 2, verse 1 to 11. I want us to read this story. Mark chapter 2, verse 1 to 11. The story of the paralytic and his friends. Because this was a very interesting story. And after I read it, I know that I prayed... I prayed some prayers. Mark, Mark chapter 2 from verse 1. When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. Then they couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. I pray that we will have friends that will carry us through roofs so that they can put us at the feet of Jesus. I pray that we will have friends that will be willing to dig through roofs, that will be willing to dig through situations with us so that they can put us at the feet of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. So, I mean, we can see the classic example of... of um, friends of this paralytic man who had faith that once that were able to lay this our friend that is paralyzed at the feet of Jesus that Jesus is able to make him whole and so that faith propelled them to take an action a faith inspired action which interrupted the, the the conference or the meeting or the session that Jesus was having you know at the end of the day the man was made whole if you read down to verse 11 you are going to see that all right, so faith-inspired actions often lead to divine interruptions, but fear-induced actions lead to ungodly plan Bs. Fear-induced actions lead to ungodly plan Bs. Um, a classic example is Jacob. Genesis chapter 32 that we read earlier. I mean, we started to read from verse 22, but if you go up a bit, if you start from the beginning, from verse 3, you'll see how that, you know, Jacob was going to meet Esau. After that time, he wasn't sure what Esau's state of mind would be. He wasn't sure how Esau was going to receive him because of what, of what had transpired between them. And so he sent, at some point, he divided, his, um, he divided his cattle. He said, let the women go first. You know, let, he was strategizing. You know, he was busy deploying plan B, plan C, plan D, and F, and all of that, you know, because he was acting out of fear. Another example, we've mentioned this earlier, um, looking at Abraham. Abraham that received a word from God. I, I, I still don't understand why he was listening to Sarah. I mean, God already gave you a word. And then in the process of waiting for the fulfillment of that word, he started listening to Sarah and looking at Haggai. Who is the Sarah that you are listening to? You know, who is the Haggai that you are looking at? Because Haggai was a plan B. What's that plan B option that you have? Who is that Haggai that you're looking at, that you know it's not a godly option? You know, that you know that it is not a godly option. Who is the Sarah you're listening to and who is the Haggai that you are you're looking at? We're going back to Proverbs 3 verse 5. Trust the Lord with all of your heart and lean not onto your own understanding. Faith has to be absolute, absolute surrender in God. Amen. Amen. So what is inspiring your actions? We looked at faith-inspired actions and fear-induced actions. So is it faith? 
Is it faith that is inspiring your actions or are you acting out of fear? And let me just mention this quickly because I know I mentioned relocation earlier. Relocation can actually be a faith-induced action if it is God that is leading you to do it. In Genesis chapter 12, we see how God led Abraham. God said to Abraham, leave your father and your mother and the land which you have known to the place that I will show you. you know, and Abraham obeyed, and we saw all of the blessings that happened afterwards. So if you are, if you are planning to relocation, my question is, is that a faith-inspired action, or is it social media that is inspiring you? Right? So, and I'll just drop it here in Esther chapter 4, verse 14, where um, Mordecai was saying to Esther, um, yet who knows whether you have been placed for, in the kingdom for such a time as this, okay? And so I'm just saying that to someone here who knows whether, do you know whether you have been placed in the Life Point Church for such a time as this? Do you know whether you have been placed in Nigeria for such a time as this? Amen. A time as this, that was the title of the drama production we did sometime, right? Yes, I remember a couple of years ago, an adaptation of the life of Esther. Maybe someday we're going to do an adaptation of the life of someone. For Labi, for instance, yeah. Maybe someday we'll do a drama production. <laughs> that will be an adaptation of his life because he's a man of faith, yeah? And all of the faith actions that he took in his journey. Amen. Okay, so we've talked about, you know, um, what causes faith to fail, and we've said that, that it's when we do not have absolute surrender in God, and we've looked at how we can make our faith work, and that's by applying our faith in everything that we do, letting our faith be our character and not uh, a one-off dip that we take. Let's now look at the framework for the faith work. The framework for the faith work. There are four elements of the framework for the faith work. And when we live, when we take our faith journey, when we live our life of faith by this framework, our faith will thrive. And the first one is acting on instructions from God. Acting on instructions from God as contained in the scripture. As contained in the scripture. Acting on instructions from God. The Bible says, be ye what? Doers of the word of God. So faith comes by hearing, right? But as we hear, what do we do? As we hear, seeds are planted in our hearts. As we're hearing the word of God now, seeds are planted in our hearts. What do we do with these seeds? You know, what do we do when we read the word of God and seeds are planted in our hearts? We need to action them right? We need to act them out. You know, when we go to the hospital and we're told that we're going to do a procedure and we speak to the specialist or whoever is in charge, the first question that we ask is, you know, uh, how many times have you performed this, right? Because you want to be sure that the person knows what they are doing. So I'm asking us today, how many times have you performed the word of God? You know, the scripture that you read, Psalm 1, Psalm 23, all of those scriptures that we read, how many times have you performed them? How many times have you actioned them? How many times have you done them? Have you lived them out? How many times have you, have you practiced them? Are uh, we just consumers? Eh? In, uh, how do they say that thing again? In flow, it just flows in. You know, and we don't action them, we don't leave them out. All right, so make sure that we, you act out, make sure that you perform, make sure that you leave out um, all the instructions as contained in the scriptures. And number two is acting on specific instruction from God. Acting on specific instruction from the Holy Spirit to you, all right? 
The first one is acting on instructions as contained in the scriptures, a.k.a. the logos of the word. And the second one is acting on specific instructions received from God to you, a.k.a. the rema. So there are spe specific instructions to you, to specific individuals, all right? And we're going to read Habakkuk chapter 2. I'll just read this quickly. Habakkuk chapter 2. From verse 1, it says, I will climb up to my watchtower and will stand at my guard post. There I will wait to see what the Lord says. Then the Lord said to me, write my answer plainly on tablets so that Irona can carry the correct message to them. The vision is for a future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. Tell your neighbor, wait patiently. It will surely take place. Wait on the Lord. Amen. So we're talking about acting on specific instructions from the Holy Spirit. And the, the, the Habakkuk is saying here that I will watch. I will climb up to my watchtower, stand at my post. He's talking about a posture. And I will wait to see what the Lord will say to me. So I am watching. I am waiting to see what the Lord will say to me. So what do you see? Ask your neighbor, what do you see? Titi, ask your neighbor, what do you see? You're in front of me. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So what do you see? Are we positioned to hear what the Lord is saying to us in this season? Are we inclined to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to us? We're talking about receiving specific word, you know, from the Holy Spirit to us. So what is your specific word from God for this season of your life? That is my question. Have you received your own rema? Or are you relying on the remnant that Titi received from God for herself? You know, have you received your own instruction? Habakkuk said, I will stand on my tower and I will watch and I will wait to hear what the Lord will say to me in this season. So what is the Lord saying to you? Have you received the instruction? As you receive it, write it down and remember action. Action it promptly. Do what the Lord leads you to do. What he leads you to do. Beware of copying other people's instruction. You know, beware of copying other people's instruction because they may not be your instructions. God is dealing with them in the seasons of their life that they are in. And God is dealing with you in the season of your life that you are in. So your instruction would definitely be different from my instruction, for instance. You know, sacrificing Isaac may not be your instruction. That was the instruction God gave to Abraham. If somebody else had decided to copy it and go and do it... Or here is their case, right? Sacrificing Isaac may not be your instruction. Um, selling all that you have. Um, the rich man that came to Jesus in Mark chapter 10 and was asking him, Master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, go and sell all that you have and go and give to the poor. The man turned and walked away. And that was when Jesus made the statement that it was easier for a camel to walk through the eye of the needle and, and on all of that. So that was that man's instruction, right? Someone else that heard that and said, oh, Jesus said I should go and sell all my things, all my belongings and go and do it. You're on your own because that is not your instruction. Your instruction in this season might be to go to the mission field. You know, it might be to take a trip. Um, I listened to this lady, Minister Yemisi, and she shared the story about how God had given her instruction in a particular season of her life to take a trip to Ghana. And she was like, Ghana, I was in Ghana. Well, anyway, it's God, let us be. And she packed her bags and she went to Ghana. And she stayed there, uh, if I remember correctly, for the weekend. And then nothing happened. And then she came back. It was on the flight back that she met the young man who is now her husband, right? Yeah, it happened. Yeah. 
I'm not saying you should go to Ghana. Oh, please, let me put that out there. Before you say it, it's Chine that sent you to Ghana. Please, let's balance that out quickly, right? But my point is, be sure that you receive your own instruction from God, your specific instruction. Not Chine's instruction, not Titi's instruction, not Folabi's instruction, but your own instruction. Tailored for you, specific to you, customized for you, because God knows the season of life that you're in. He's the one that sees the end from the beginning. He knows how to take you through the process and bring you to that expected end. Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. They are thoughts of good and not of evil to give you a hope and a future. He knows the future and so all that he's doing with you all that he's taking you through is to bring you to that future that he has planned out for you amen so make sure that you're working with specific instructions that you have received from God be sure that you are not listening to Sarah please don't be like Abraham and listen to Sarah because Sarah will suggest hey guy and that will end up in plan B, ungodly plan B all right so be sure that you're listening to the Holy Spirit and that's why um, Habakkuk reminds us to take a posture, a posture of inclining our ears, a posture of listening to hear what the Lord is saying. Amen. We're still talking about the framework for the faith work, and we've talked about one, actioning instructions that are based on the word of God as contained in the scriptures. The second one is actioning instructions as received from the Holy Spirit specific to us. And the, sec the third one is to be sure that we are not acting out of emotional pressure or psychological pressure, essentially any form of pressure. Is anybody pressuring you? Ask your neighbor, who is pressuring you? Who is choking you? Is anybody choking you? Is anybody pressuring you? So be sure that whatever actions that you are taking, they are not out of haste. They are not out of competition. It's not because you want to compete with somebody on IG. It's not because you saw something in someone's stories and you want to compete, right? It should be because it's not out of emotional or psychological pressure or any form of pressure whatsoever. Amen. Philippians chapter 4 from verse 6. I'd like us to read that, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 7. And that will take us out of the third framework and into the fourth one. Remember I said that we have four frameworks. Thank you. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Uh, can you give us the New King James Version since we're talking about being anxious Thank you. Thank you so much, Multimedia. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind through Christ Jesus. Amen. So be anxious for nothing. That's what the scripture says. And then, please, put it back up. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, verse 6, please. I wanted to reference the verse that talked about Thanksgiving. Verse 6. Thank you. Thank you. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, right? With thanksgiving. So that is our fourth framework, thanksgiving, having the attitude of gratitude. So after you have actioned um, um, the instructions that you have received from the word of God as contained in the scriptures, the logos. And then you have received specific instructions from your, for your season. That's the remand. You have actioned that. And you're sure that your action is not inspired by anxiety or pressure or any form of, of, of competition. The, Bible, um, the fourth framework is thanksgiving. Maintain an attitude 
of gratitude. So what gratitude does is that it gives us peace and it allows us to hear clearly what God is saying to us. For me, Thanksgiving takes me through the noise. You know, after I have done all of the things that I've, and I come to that place of Thanksgiving, it's like that place of peace. It's like that place of God, I have done my path. Now I'm going to get out of the way right? And let you do your own path, all right? So that's, that's, that's what we should do. So number one, we should action all of the word of God as contained in the scriptures. As we read them, we believe them, and we action them. We are not consumers, all right? We perform, we live out all that we hear. And number two, we receive specific those words, we note them down, and we act them out. And number three, our actions, our faith actions are inspired by faith. They are not inspired by pressure. They are not inspired by anxiety or competition or anything. And after we have done all of these things, we thank God. We go into an attitude of gratitude and we thank God because we know that he has already begun the work. Amen. Amen. When we speak about faith, when I checked um, faith in the dictionary, I saw that faith was classed as a noun. But I think that actually faith is a verb because faith is a call to action. All right? When we're saying have faith, is a call for you to do something. Is a call to action. Is a call for you to act out, to action essentially. Okay, so we have an assignment. Yes. And this assignment, we are going to submit it to Caleb. Is Caleb in church? Mr. Caleb, please collect all our assignments and tell us who, is the, who took the first position by next week. All right? So the assignment is that I want us to look at the two big decisions that we've made recently. So in our lives, um, decisions that we've made concerning our careers, concerning our relationships, concerning our families. You know, the last two, three decisions that you have made, and I want you to take it through this framework of faith that we have talked about. Take it through the four elements of the framework of faith that we have talked about. So this decision that I made... Was it in accordance with the word of God? You know, did I act out this decision? Did I make this decision? Is it in accordance with the word of God for me? All right. Did I receive a specific instruction, a specific rema from the Holy Spirit to me concerning this decision? This decision that I made, was it out of pressure or was it out of anxiety or was it from a place of, of, of competition? And did I thank God after I have made this decision with the understanding that I have on my path and I need to get out of the way for God to do his path. So when you have looked through, when you have taken the decisions through these four elements of the framework, I mean, what if everything is not aligned, it means that essentially for the next decision or the next bold move that you're going to take or the next fake action that you're going to take, you know exactly what to do differently, right? Are we together? Are we together? Okay, praise the Lord. Has someone been blessed? Has someone been blessed? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.